coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. When you sow love, when you sow kindness, when you sow graciousness and favor, that comes out of your spirit and it brings return. And here's what Jesus said, by your standard of measure, it will be measured back to you in return. It took a long time. I mean, it wasn't because, you know, overnight I prayed one prayer and I gave him one nice meal or I kissed him one time on the cheek when he wasn't being nice. It didn't change overnight. You know, it took years to finally get into the uh, the, the new habits of behaving the right way and, and the things that needed to change in our marriage. The number one law of love is the law of sowing and reaping. In the very beginning in Genesis 1, God told Adam and Eve that the, their future depended upon them sowing and reaping. He said, I've given you seed. The way you're going to take dominion over the world is you're going to sow these seed that I've given you until you fill the entire world. Galatians chapter 6 says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. So the Apostle Paul says, don't be deceived, God is not mocked. And that word mocked there means to throw your nose up at God. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap it. Whether you sow it sinfully or whether you sow it righteously, Everything that you sow in life is going to come back to you. So here are the four deceptions concerning the law of sowing and reaping. And these are very common in marriage. Number one, I cannot sow and get a crop. I cannot sow love into my spouse. I cannot sow the right things and I can still get a crop. Here's another deception. I can get a good crop from bad seed. In all of my years of counseling, I've never had a person come to me and say to me, you know, Jimmy... We got in a big fight last night. My spouse cussed me up side one side and down the other. And boy, it helped. I mean, I, that right in the middle, then cussed me out. The light came on and I, I could just see clearly for the first time. I, I'm just so thankful I married someone who's willing to cuss me out when I need it. When you, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. If you sow a bad word, you're going to reap a bad result from that. But if you sow a good word, you're going to get a good result. Number three. Deception is sowing good seed won't work. And some people say, well, not in my marriage, it won't work. No, not, not in my situation. He said, well, you need to do the right thing. Don't be deceived. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. I can get many harvests out of one sowing. That's another deception. I shouldn't have to work at my marriage all the time. I worked at it at the beginning and that, that should be enough. No, you have to keep sowing and reaping. Okay. But here are the ways that we sow into each other's lives. Proverbs 18. And this is interesting. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. And fruit means the result of seed. A man's stomach is going to be satisfied from the seed that returns back to him. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. He, listen to this next verse. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. When Karen and I got married, I was verbally abusive. I was, I was terrible in the way that I talked to Karen. And it dest- I destroyed my wife with my mouth. I destroyed my marriage with my mouth. 
And the way that my, our marriage was changed, one of the main ways that our marriage was changed is I had to change the way that I talked to Karen, not doing the wrong things that I'd done before, but beginning to sow good words into Karen. Listen, every good marriage has good words spoken in that marriage. A bad marriage either has no words spoken or bad words spoken, but the, it's disproportionate. The power of life and death is in our tongue. And it's interesting to me that in that same text, it says, he who finds a good wife finds a good thing. When you sow love, when you sow kindness, when you sow graciousness and favor, that comes out of your spirit and it brings return. And here's what Jesus said, by your standard of measure, it will be measured back to you in return. Okay. Let me say something. God doesn't decide how blessed I am. I do. See, every time Every time we do what we do, we're creating a measure in heaven, whether we realize it or not. And a measure means like a scoop. And so you're praying and you're saying, God bless me. And God says, I want to bless you so bad. Angel, would you bring me Jimmy's measure over here? And the angel walks over and it's a thimble. <laughs> Jimmy's, Jimmy's kind of a Scrooge. He kind of has a tight, you know, he's real tight. He kind of has a stingy spirit and says, son, I love you so much now. According to your standard of measure, I'm going to measure it back to you in return. And so God, you know, takes my thimble and puts it in my in his blessing jar and he pours it out on me. And I'm saying, Lord, would you bless me? It's like a bird flew over. I get hit. What was that? That's your blessing, son. I don't want that. When I pray, I want to say, Lord, bless me. And the Lord turns and says, angel, would you bring me Jimmy's measure? And the angel says, it'll take several of us, Lord. Because he's got a big measure. Jimmy has a generous spirit. Anybody want that? God doesn't decide how blessed you are. You do. So if you want, if you want it to be returned back to you, watch your spirit because you're exchanging whether you realize it or not. Number two is the law of measure. You reap according to the measure that you've sown. And given it will be given to you, good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put in your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, will be measured back to you. Well, I wanted Karen, early in our marriage, I wanted Karen to, I wanted more sex, and I wanted it with a better attitude, okay? And, uh, and Karen, you know, Karen met my sexual needs, but it just wasn't, and I, and I was playing golf, I was being an idiot and all that stuff. So, um, so I would not be affectionate with her. She wanted me to be affectionate with her, and I, I didn't know how to be affectionate. And she wanted me to talk to her, and I thought she was nosy, and I didn't want to feed the monster. And, but, but I wanted great sex with a great attitude. Okay. So I would not sow into her needs, but I wanted to reap a big harvest. So when I went in to repent to Karen, um, and I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all the things I've said and done. I'm hanging up my golf clubs. I'm not going to play golf anymore. And I did that, um, I changed. And I learned to be affectionate. The Holy Spirit taught me how to be affectionate to Karen. And I began to sacrifice to meet Karen's needs. Well, I couldn't believe the result of that. I never, it, you know, it just helped a big time. And <laughs> I would have been more Jesus-like years earlier if I'd, have, <laughs> if I'd have known that. But any smart farmer knows it's not how much seed you got in the barn. It's how much seed you got in the ground. You have the ability to meet your spouse's needs. And to the degree that you take that seed out of the barn and sow it into your spouse, according to your standard of measure, it will be measured back to you in return. And I'm not saying 
that you ought to stand in the house and say, well, I can't meet your needs because you didn't meet mine. Jimmy said that you hadn't sown into me. I can't give it back to you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just telling you what the law says. Number three, the law of investment. You reap where you sow. You don't just reap what you sow. You reap where you sow. Jesus, Matthew 6. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let me teach you about two words. The word treasure there does not mean gold or silver or jewels. It's the word thesaurus. It means treasury. It means where you put your valuables. Jesus says where your thesaurus is, where you're investing your valuables, there will your cardia, your heart, be also the seat of your passions, cardia. Wherever you are investing yourself, your passion will be there also. My passion was on the golf course. When Karen and I got married, we were out of love. I mean, we, we just didn't have any, we, we were fought all the time. We were out of love. But my passion was on the golf course. See, your passions tell on you. And what Jesus says here is wherever your treasure is, your passion's going to be there. See, your passion tells on you. We should be passionate about Jesus, number one. If you give Jesus the first of your time, talent, and treasures, your passion's going to stay with Jesus. Let me say it another way. Givers never backslide. Because wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When you give God the best of your time, talent, and treasure, it locks your passion with Jesus. And he stays number one in your life. When you give your spouse the time and energy that they deserve, your passion stays within your marriage. But when you take the best of your life, if you sow into your children, you reap there. If you sow into your work, you reap there. You should sow into your children. You should sow into your work. Never taking away from God in your marriage. God is first, your marriage is second, your children are third, church is fourth, work, friends, everything else is down the list. And if I don't sow down here, I'm absolutely going to sow here, but I'm not going to take this and sow it somewhere else. Because if I take away from God and sow it over here, my passion will leave God and come over here. If I take away from my marriage for the sake of my children or work or something else, my passion is going to leave my marriage and it's going to come over here. So the law is this. If I sow in my marriage, I'll stay passionate about my marriage. When two people are sowing into their marriage, guaranteed you're going to stay passionate about your marriage relationship. You reap where you sow. Okay, It's called the law of investment. Number four, the law of return. All seed has a germination period and will return in, har- in a harvest in due season. Galatians 6. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that will he also reap. And then it says in verse 9, in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Well, I had a man in counseling came in and he said, Jimmy, I've been a jerk. I've been terrible to my wife. And, and now she's wanting to divorce me and everything. And he says, I, but I want to keep her. And I said, okay. And so I talked with him about, you know, how he could go home. I said, go home, tell your wife, you're sorry, repent her. So I did that. And I said, good. Well, just go home and meet her needs and love on her and, and uh, show her that you're a changed person. And I said, well, come back and see me in a week or two. So he came back to see me the next time. He said, ah, we're just going to go ahead and get a divorce. And I said, why? And he said, I tried that for a week and it didn't work. <laughs> well, in due season. Every, every, all seed has a germination period. And farmers have to be very patient. When you sow, you may be going through a difficult time in your marriage. 
And a, a woman wrote us a letter and she said, my husband and I are going through a terrible time. And uh, he shut down communication. And it wasn't because of her. It was because of something else that was going on in his life. He went into depression, kind of went into a shell. And she said, I realized the only way to him was through sex. And she said, and I decided rather than getting mad and withdrawing, I was going to sow into his life sexually because it was my only point of contact with him. And her story was it took a period of time, but her husband came out. Their marriage is better than it's ever been because she was a wise woman who through a difficult period of time kept sowing into her husband rather than getting her feelings hurt and walking away. Farmers have to be patient. All seed has a due season. And when you're doing the right thing, when you're sowing and your spouse isn't doing what you're doing, they're, they're not as interested as you are, but you're sowing into your marriage. This is what Karen did. You sowing into your marriage. You're sowing into your marriage. The devil will come to you and say, there's no hope for you. You need to get out of this. They're never going to change. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. In due season, you're going to reap. Don't grow weary in well-doing. That's, what, that's why the devil comes to discourage us is he wants us to believe that, that it's, you know, it, it's not going to work for us. There was a, a woman that I, I worked out at a place uh, for years, and there was a woman that sat at the front counter of this place, and she had the personality of a rattlesnake. And, uh, and that's, I want to apologize to all the rattlesnakes because she but. <laughs> She, she was the meanest woman I've ever met in my entire life. And you, you just learned, don't talk to her. Don't even look at her, you know. And so I, would, I walked into this place where I worked out, and she, boy, she scowled at you if you looked at her, you know. And so I decided one day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crack that nut. And I, so I, I just, and I, it annoyed her a lot. But every day when I walked in, I walked in and patted the counter in front of her and said, how are you doing today? And she gave me a dirty look. And every day when I walked out, I walked by and patted the counter. And I said, bye, I'll see you tomorrow. Never looked up, never said a word. This went on for years. And oh yeah. I, it, one day, so one day I was running late and I was trying to get home and I was walking out the door to go home. And I was about, and I had my hand on the front door. And as I was pushing the door out, I heard these words, goodbye, Mr. Evans. And it was her, the meanest woman I ever knew. I sowed kindness into her, and she didn't sow it back to me. But years later, she spoke a kind word. I don't, I don't know what happened to that woman in her past, but probably something really terrible. It's probably some man hurt her very deeply. And my words were sowing kindness back into her. Don't grow weary in well-doing. In due season, you're going to get it back if you don't lose heart, if you don't lose faith in God. Law, law number five is the law of grace. Now listen to this very quickly. 2 Corinthians 9. This I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Paul is taking an offering here for the saints in Jerusalem. And he's saying, if you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. If you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. For God is able to make all grace abound toward you so that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, would have an abundance for every good work. Well, Karen and I, there have been times that we've given offering to the Lord that we, that we wanted a financial harvest to come back from that. 
And, and we were believing for that, and we've seen miracles in that regard. But there came a point in our lives where we didn't, we didn't need a financial miracle. We were giving a, an offering, but we needed a different grace. And we have five grandchildren, and four of them were born after years of waiting on them because of infertility. And we remember, Karen and I remember, when we gave offerings to the Lord where we were sowing, and we said, we don't need money, Lord. We're believing for a harvest for a grandchild. We pray that you'd help both our daughter and son-in-law and our son and daughter-in-law when they were dealing with infertility. And we have five grandchildren. We have a bonus child. We have a bonus baby. And, uh, but I need honor. I need sex. I need Karen to be my buddy. And I need domestic support. Karen needs security. She needs communication. She needs soft, non-sexual affection, and she needs leadership. See, I don't need what she needs, but here's what God promises. When you, when you give graciously to meet a need that you don't have, God will return that in the grace that you need. See, the, the, people, the people that Paul was taking the offering from the Corinthians, they had money. The saints in Jerusalem didn't have money. So he was saying, out of your abundance, give so that we can meet their need. They gave money. And here's what Paul promises. God's able to return that to you in the grace that you need. You may need the grace of health. You may need the grace of, of prosperity or, or promotion. You may need the whatever grace that you need. So when I come to Karen, and this is what I did when we first got married, I rejected her because she was different than me. And I was not willing to give her the grace that she needed, believing that when I sowed into her, that God was able to meet the grace that I needed. And so when you meet each other's needs in marriage, it's the law of grace. If I want my needs met, I need to meet somebody else's needs. If I want God to return this to me, I need to meet the needs of my spouse that they have. Well, the teaching that you heard on today's program is God's laws of love. And we're talking about there are laws that Jesus talked about of love and, and how we sow love and reap love in relationships. And so we have some questions from viewers, Karen, and I want to read this one to you first of all. It says, I've been trying for years to be the best wife I can be. I'm not seeing the same effort from my husband. Is the problem with me or him? And how can we turn things around? That's a good question, and honestly, I couldn't tell you if it's her or him yeah. because it's not enough information, but um, I would say that still don't give up. You know, still continue to do the right thing and keep doing what you're doing. And I w was convicted, you know, the Lord just kind of showed me that are you doing this so you can get a reaction from him or are you doing it because it's better to do something that's the right thing to do? And so, you know, check your heart and make sure... And again, if he's not meeting a need of yours, then just make that about, you know, what he's not doing instead of that he hasn't changed. Is there something that you feel like is missing in your relationship that maybe he's not aware of, you know, um, you know, but I don't know about her efforts. And that's the other thing that makes this a hard question. But I would say just keep on doing what you're doing because in the end it does pay off. I know with Jimmy and I, it, it took a long time. I mean, it wasn't because, you know, overnight I prayed one prayer and I gave him one nice meal or I kissed him one time on the cheek mm -hmm. when he wasn't being nice. It didn't change overnight. You know, it took years to finally get into the, uh, the, the new habits of behaving the right way and, and the things that needed to change in our marriage. 
you know, Luke 6 says, Given it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Uh, men will pour into your bosom. It mm -hmm. says, For with the same measure that you use, mm -hmm. it will be measured to you in return. The context in Luke 6 is not money. It's love. Because mm -hmm. it's talking about love your enemies, do good to those who spitefully use you, pray for those who spitefully use you and all that. So what, what I say is, by faith, sow love into mm -hmm. your husband. But here's, in that teaching... I talk about the law of grace, and, and that is this. In in Second Corinthians, Paul is taking an offering, mm -hmm. and he's taking an offering in Jerusalem for the people there that were in poverty. Mm -hmm. And he tells the church at Corinth, God's, God is able, if you will give to this offering, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, would have an abundance for every good work. Well, why is that important? It's because someone else may need the grace of money, but I don't. So I'm going to give them grace. Well, how is God going to return it to me in the grace that I need? Mm -hmm. The Apostle Paul is saying, God is able to make all grace mm -hmm. abound to you. See, sometimes it's health grace that we need. Sometimes it's love grace. Sometimes it's, you know, a relationship grace or something else. In other words, when I'm sowing, I'm praying and I'm believing God for the harvest that I need. So here's the trick. If I'm coming to you, Karen, and, and I'm saying, you know, Karen and I are kind of struggling. I'm, I'm going to sow some sexual seeds here. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to have sex. And, well, maybe that's not what you need. Yeah. I need to sow the grace into you that you need. You need mm -hmm. to talk. Mm -hmm. You need to be held. Mm -hmm. You need to feel secure. And the point is when I sow into you what you need, I'm believing God mm -hmm. for the return of what I need. So in this wife, she says, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be nice to my husband. I'm doing better than he's doing. Mm -hmm. You may not be doing better than he's yeah. doing. You may be doing things for him that you want exactly what you said, Karen. And the motive there is, if, if I do this for him, then he'll do this for me. Mm -hmm. The motive is I'm going to sow into my husband the grace that he needs, believing for a harvest in the grace that I need. Mm -hmm. You know something? It may be your husband that meets that need. It may be somebody else. I'm not talking about an inappropriate relationship, but I'm just saying God is able. Mm -hmm. The The law there is it, Jesus said, give and it will be given. Give and it, whatever you gave away, will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. That's a law. And so God is able to make the grace abound toward us. And I'm saying that to every discouraged spouse out there. And sometimes people do say, oh, I've been trying for a while and mm -hmm. it doesn't work. God has laws. And when you follow the law by faith, mm -hmm. don't get discouraged. When you follow the law and say to God, God, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to love my husband. He's being a knucklehead. <laughs> but I'm going to love him anyway. Mm -hmm. And I'm sowing into my husband by faith in your word, and I'm believing you for the harvest. Try that. It's not about you. It's not about your husband. It's about God. And I believe as you do that, God will honor that. And I'm saying, I'm sitting next to a lady who did that for me. She sowed into me. She patiently sowed into me the truth, but also she sowed love into me the way that I needed it. And it broke through my hard heart. And that's the reason we're sitting here right now. We hope that this has been helpful to you today. We're out of time. Watch this. 